This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Head of Sport Mark McMahon to bring you the very latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, we bring you the up-to-the-minute news on Ronan Curtis's Pompey future, what could happen between now and the end of the window, and what takes place if the Irishman does indeed stay at Fratton Park. We bring you the inside track on the overall transfer picture, and how Pompey are planning to move between now and the final days they can do business. Of the reasons to be cheerful, and as many of them as Pompey topped the formative League One table, we look at the revival of forgotten man Rico Hackett Fairchild, the colossal Sean Raggett and his start to the campaign, and of course the emergence of the League One Steve Gerrard in Ryan Tunnicliffe. We're now available from wherever you download your podcast, so give us a listen. Like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss everything that's going on at Pompey is Neil Allen and Jordan Cross. Jordan and Neil, welcome. Hey, lovely your to voice, be here. Your voice is getting higher and higher and higher there, Mark. You nearly yeah. lifted out, out your picture frame up into the sky. I, I never know what I'm going to say or how I'm actually going to yeah, <laughs> present it either. Like, so I was just completely off the cuff there that they're in through. Like, it's, it's... <laughs> Fly by the seat of your pants, just like Piers Morgan was tweeting about I saw about half an hour ago. <laughs> oh, was he? <laughs> There you go. You can just do it off the cuff, and that's what makes best podcasts and TV, apparently, Mark. Exactly. You and Piers Morgan in the same category. We're in the same category. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people have realised down for the years that this is all totally off script. The way I ask the questions and the way I knit this thing together, it's completely shambolic. Like So, yeah, all we can do is try to guess, though, can't we? You do yourself down, Mark. Anyway, anyway, let's crack on with Pompey and there's only one subject matter that really matters at the minute and that is of course transfers. We will mention that the fact that Pompey are top of the league at some point. Transfers is what everybody wants to know about. So who wants to provide the latest? Go on Neil, you've got an update haven't you? Uh yeah, how many days to go is it now? Is, is it 12, I believe. 12, 12 days to go. Uh, the, the transfer saga this summer was always going to be Ronan Curtis, wasn't it? It wasn't. Right, from the, right from the start of May, wasn't it? To, and we're still... We've had some transfer sagas before. We? we had uh, Jamal Lowe and, and Connor Chaplin. And in fairness to Ronan Curtis, he's handled it a bit better than those pair, didn't they? Obviously, Jamal down tools in the game, didn't it? Uh, and... Um, uh, and there's all sorts going on because he was trying to get away and uh, Connor Chaplin didn't want to be selected did he for Doncaster do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Because his head wasn't right for a league game um, but Ronan Curtis 
it's plough through. He's he started every game, isn't he? He's a, he plenty of effort there as well. Um, and we're now entering the final two weeks of the window, waiting to see what happens with him. It's uh, it's an interesting one because he's made no secret he wants to go to the championship. Uh, his agents admitted it. Even his mum's admitted it. So we're just waiting for a a, a, a bid from the championship that's going to be accepted by Pompey to, to let him go. Um, as it stands, that bid's not here, and uh, and uh, we await an outcome. It's, it's always going to be a case with dominoes, the whole dominoes um, mantra, isn't it? About uh, one club sells a player, suddenly they've got money to buy another player, and that's how it, it falls. Um, so we're just waiting for, for, for the developments with Curtis. Uh, Preston are now looking at him. Well, they looked at him early in the summer, um, then went a bit quiet, but apparently, apparently they've re-emerged. Um, I'm hearing that, that they mainly want a striker, but they also need a winger. So uh, they're looking at Ronan there. Uh, but let's not forget, he's going to cost more than a million pounds. So can they afford it? That's a negotiation, isn't it, really? But uh, yeah, Curtis is, is the one. And uh, well, if Pompey can keep him, that'd be superb. But uh, anything they sell him, they can't afford to do it on the last day because they need to reinvest that money. So it, it's going to run and run for a little while longer yet. Jordy, do you get the sense that Danny Cowley would like to cash in on Ronan so that he can bring in these three players that he's sort of intimated that he wants? Or deep down, is he going, no, he's going to turn off the phone and hide in the room for the next 12 days? <laughs> I think it's a case of being prepared for all eventualities um, with, with, with Danny Cowley. Um, I, I think I had never mentioned the dominoes. Uh, the domino sort of started to fall, didn't they? And then stopped at Blackburn. There seemed to be a domino taken out after after Armstrong. Where, where, where the rest of the dominoes? Have they, kind of, have they bought there. anyone yet? I don't know. I'm not sure Blackburn actually bought anyone with that money, have they? They the brought in yeah, the Liverpool midfielder, young Liverpool midfielder. Is a Creighton or something like that there? So they have... That's, that's, on loan? That's a loan deal, yeah. So they haven't right. actually... Money. So they haven't spent any money. So say, I, I read Neil's report at 15 million and with um, other clubs having to be remunerated for that money, I think Newcastle, isn't it? They would have to give, if it was 40%, that would leave them, still leave them with £9 million in their pocket. Mm-hmm. So they've got, they've got a substantial amount to spend though. Um, I think everyone, and Danny Cowley included, then thought with that deal that Blackburn would then be aggressive in the market. I think that's the word that Danny Cowley has used himself, actually. Um, it hasn't happened. They're biding their time. Um, and that's kind of then brought another malaise as such. Um, with 12 days to go, of course, it's going to have to accelerate. Now, again, as Neil intimated, will it move quickly enough to enable Portsmouth to react if someone does come for Ronan Curtis? Danny Cowley, again, making it clear that he's got Bases covered, players lined up, and and all you know, all eventualities are sort of uh, are covered for him. But he won't leave himself short if it goes to the you know if it goes too late. If there's not anyone that can come in in his place. I know Owen Dell was was mooted as someone, although strangely he played on the other wing. So I think that report was a little off kilter. But um, someone of that of that value um, that could come into place. I think Danny Cowley privately has some reservations about whether Ronan will go now. Um, I think he, he, yeah, I think him and Marcus Harness are their prized assets. I think they're the ones that could create a, a, a real um, decent figure for Pompey. There's that eventuality. I'm not sure if he thinks that's going to happen. The other one would be moving the squad, 
manoeuvring the squad and perhaps sending players out on loan or an Ellis Harrison to a lesser extent, if you're not going to have a real big income. And then there's the loan market. So Danny Cowley, it's something we'll pick up at port on uh, portsmouth.co.uk. I think he's looking at those as the three avenues that could develop um, over the next couple of weeks. And he's really just poised to react to, to see whichever way it drops. You have to give credit to Roland Curtis for the way he's, he's played over his past three or four games for Pompey since the season started. Bear in mind, we've known since more or less the final whistle against against Atkinson that he was wanting to leave. Um, do you, if he doesn't get his move, do you see him having that same outlook in life? Or would it do you expect? Glad you asked me that one, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> it's an intriguing one, isn't it? Because he, he, it's not like he wants to leave Pompey to go to somewhere in league, uh, in league One. He's not interested in that. He just wants to go to the Championship. So it's not, it's not insulting Pompey here. He's not agitating the move because he wants more money at a rival club, such as Ipswich, because everyone goes to Ipswich, don't they? Um, he actually wants to go to the Championship. That's his reasoning. And he's played, for me, quite respectfully, really. He's been involved in all the friendlies. Um, he's, he's given maximum effort in the games as well. He's, he's not showing a bad attitude or anything like that. He's, he's just got, got got into it. Now, if that changes, if he can't go to the Championship in um, in this transfer window, that, that's going to be really interesting, isn't it, to see how he reacts to that. Um, but, I mean, for me, I know I keep reading that, people saying, oh, he's replaceable, we can, get, we can get a new winger. Curtis has got, what, 40 goals and 40 assists for Pompey. For me, that is incredibly tough to replace. Really, how, how, who do you get to replace that, that output? We, we had, we had um, Ryan Williams here. Tremendous work rate. Barely an assistant or a goal. You know, it's... How do you replace Ronan Curtis? And I know it's, it's very much like the, the scorned lover, isn't it? It's like, who gets dumped by his girlfriend? Well, I didn't like her anyway. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, he's with Ronan Curtis. Oh, he's gone. Oh, so what? He's gone. We can get better now. We can go out. Trust Danny, Danny Cowley. Well, it's not that simple. How do you replace 40 goals and 40 assists at League One level? And that's going to be tough. So you'd imagine Pompey would have to spend some of that money. Um, you just hope they've got somebody lined up as a backup. And as I understand it, Cowley's told uh, Curtis's people that he doesn't want Curtis leaving on the last day. He needs notice to get a replacement in. The last day, deadline day, is no good for Pompey. If they want to bring in a replacement, they need some sort of leeway, some sort of time. So we'll see how it develops. As I understand it, again, it's expected to go right to the wire. Um, there's other clubs involved as well, not just Blackburn's gone a bit quiet. Cardiff are pleading poverty now, aren't they? So they're sort of fading a bit. Obviously, Preston are there. I'm told there's another club coming very strongly as well that, that want to sell players before they can get involved. So there's still plenty of time for, for things to change. Uh, and uh, well, and, and then if Pompey do sell him, they need to themselves have a backup plan. Very sharpish mm-hmm. because we know. They've not been particularly quick in recruiting players this summer, have they? Well, they need to step up soon if, if Curtis goes. Mm, who's going to pay the money is, is the thing, isn't it? If, if they're going to yeah. put that £2 million price tag on Ronan, okay, reality and negotiation, it probably comes down and it gets spaced out over you know, tranches and whenever it does get paid. But who's going to pay the money? You know, Cardiff, if they haven't got £2 million, and I mean, McCarthy, okay, he has said that on the record publicly, will things change? 
as you say, plead in poverty. Preston haven't really paid any money for anyone, have they? I don't no, this no. Um, and then Blackburn, where it's gone quiet. I mean, okay, things do change, but a few weeks ago, Pompey actually were proactive in going to the Cardiffs and the Blackburns and asking, well, you know, is this something that we can be done with, Ronan? And they weren't particularly bothered at that time. Will things happen? Will a couple of poor results for teams in the championship between now and the end of the window, does that then push things into action? Does that put pressure on? Does that change things for clubs? Clubs will be reactionary to results as well. I just find that, can Pompey, you know, will Pompey be able to get, will anyone get near to that two million tag um, that they're putting on Curtis? Do you think in that respect then, Jordy, Pompey may have to compromise on a fee? Bear in mind, if a club does come in and Ronan and his agent maybe says that's a reasonable offer, they'll be agitating for that move, whereas Pompey within their own right will go, no, that's not how we value is there going to have to be some compromise struck so that come the end of the transfer window, you haven't got a disgruntled Roman Curtis peeved off with Danny Cowley, peeved off with Andy Cullen that he hasn't, that he hasn't accepted bids and, and he just then, yeah, goes through. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's, it's a negotiation, isn't it? We've seen it time and again. I remember with the Jamal Lowe to Wigan deal, I can't remember what they did, but they were talking about two and a half million for him and, I can't remember. It was in the accounts, wasn't it? But I remember Mark Catlin at the time saying that, that, that because of the nature of the deal and and, and um, the way that certain people were in a position of strength at the time and they knew Pompey had to get X in to get Y, you know, go get a replacement in. Pompey had to take a hit on that from what they were anticipating at, at the last minute. It's just the way deals are manoeuvred. On the other side of the coin, do you remember the, the Sunderland to Our Die documentary and Paul Cook, the expert at Wigan, these sort of manoeuvres and he plays the game very, very well. We've seen it time and again at Pompey and, and since he left, but with the older Real, Real Griggs scenario, he knew Sunderland were desperate and he just wouldn't take the calls from them, would he? And then it's just going quiet and the price is going up and up and up and it ends up at, what was it, four and a half million or something ridiculous. So that's the way these things pan out and, and it's the nature of the windows. So there will be room for manoeuvre. I don't think Pompey will be prepared to take a huge hit on on Ronan because you know he is he is the prized asset and he's got a market value. You know those goals and those and those assists still do come at a premium. So um, yeah, again, it probably depends on how many suitors come. It's always nice to have more than one, isn't it? Isn't that the end? Yeah. That will drive up the price. So a number of factors. Neil, I'm sure people. Well, as I say, the other thing. I mean, is there a sell-on clause? Um... With with Derry, for example, with Curtis, you know, would they have a kit uh, a cut of any transfer fees? So you got to consider that as well. Um, yeah. And then changing the subject slightly, you look at Harness. Now Harness has been the Championship clubs looking at Harness. Danny Cowley said the other day that he expects Championship in Harness during before the end of the window. Now Pompey signed Harness for about what eight hundred grand, nine hundred grand. So. If Pompey were to welcome offers for Harness, they, they don't want a million. They don't want a hundred grand profit on nine hundred grand outlay, would they? So they would want substantially more for Harness as well. So they'll be, be looking at these things. You can't you can't sell Harness for a minimum profit, could you really? So that's that's another one to think about. What happens with Harness in this situation? Pompey won't let both leave, but, but you do wonder if they let one leave. Yeah, what happens? This is the thing. I'm sure. I'm sure fans won't want to hear us discussing exits at this stage. They want to hear about incomings. But this is this. These are key maneuvers that need to be ironed out. But what happens if 
if somebody comes in and totally blows Pompey's mind with a bid for harness, do they automatically turn around to Roland Curtis and say, no, sorry, you're going nowhere now, irrespective of a person have just offered us 1.5 million? Surely Danny Carley wouldn't want to lose both. So whoever does, mm. bid does come up for one, does that spell the end of the other one going completely now? Yeah, I, I mean, it's whoever's, it's whoever's the, the greatest offer and, and the biggest asset, isn't it? Pompey would probably, with the outlay for Harness, probably stand to make less money on what his current market value is. You wouldn't place him, how much, where would you pitch Marcus Harness at value at the moment? You wouldn't put him up at a couple, beyond a couple of a million, would you, or anything like that? So nice. Pompey stands to make less, especially with, as Neil says, I mean, it's, it's pretty much mandatory now, isn't it, for salon clauses in any player in a contract. So the margins on Marcus Harness are probably a lot smaller than they are on Ronan Curtis. So I'm thinking Pompey would probably push for towards Ronan Curtis, even with a salon for what they initially paid Derry City. Um, there's a lot more value or a lot more profit to be made in Ronan. So I'm guessing they would look down that way. If it does happen, if it doesn't, not the end of the world for, for Danny, Danny Cowley. Might have to realign and look, look to work his squad a bit more. Ellis Harrison being the obvious one. Um, although what I'm hearing has gone a bit quiet on Ellis as well. Um, looking to loan out players. Um, there, yeah, he might have to just kind of engineer things a bit more and maybe look to... Well, he wouldn't be spending as much, would he? Because he's kind of working to quite a tight budget. So, yeah, that, 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 that they're kind of the, the variables. And then obviously there's, there's the loan market where Pompey are looking at two ends of the spectrum, really, aren't they? They're looking at the young Premier League players where the Premier League clubs aren't motivated so much by um, financial return. They're more looking at the sporting return and the development of the players. So Pompey could probably work that market. Danny Cowley has done in the past, as, we, as we've highlighted many times with the news. Then you go into the championship side of the, of the market where, you know, I'm not going to mention the, uh, the uh, Ben word, <laughs> but players that are on sort of eight or £9,000 a week, perhaps, which are out of Pompey's sphere at the moment, a story that Danny Cowley's touched on. Um, they are out of, you know, some of these players are out of contention, not in squads at the moment. Another couple of weeks down the line, they're, not, they're, they're going to be agitating to get out. Clubs are, are more motivated by making things work within their budget at, the, at that end of the spectrum. They want to get their own players in and recoup that. So if a player's commanding nine grand a week for a loan or uh, at the moment, say, uh, Pompey can't pay that. They could probably pay a third of that to a half of that. Um, and as things push towards the deadline, the clubs may look to try and get that amount as opposed to the kind of greater figure that they're, they're looking to recoup at the moment. The more tighter it gets to the deadline, um, the more desperate hopefully those clubs become just to kind of get a few quid in for their players that aren't going to be part of their squads. This is the whole narrative and the variables that, that make up any transfer windows we approach deadline. Yeah. Neil, does getting, I'm not going to say getting, sorry, it's the wrong word, somebody leaving, does that their impact on Cowley's, he said he wants three signings. If somebody does go, does that automatically mean he wants then four or five because he's maybe got a wee bit more extra money to spend or does he put all that money into the three that he's identified? You are saying the other day that he expects two to leave and three to come in, but of those three, there's two low knees, isn't there? Um, Ellis Harris is the interesting one, isn't it? Because we know there's been interest from uh, Oxford United and Sheffield Wednesday and Fleetwood in him. Um, so, and he wants another striker, which automatically you think that Ellis Harris's time here is, is ebbing away, really, isn't it? Last year of his contract as well. So if Ellis Harrison leaves, he'll get a striker in to replace him. Um, 
you're talking about Curtis and, and Harness here. There are other players in the squad that he would rather leave than those two. <laughs> but it's about, it's, but it's about the finances, isn't it? It's about bringing the finances in. Um, those two would be what? <laughs> I've just got some images in my mind's eye when you talk about players like are earning certain figures and uh, being difficult to move. That's all. I'll, I'll leave it at no, that. Uh, no. And I'm laughing at Jordy, laughing at that there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, those, those two, if, if they remain with your first choices, will be excellent in this division, wouldn't they? Really? But there's others that they they. they they willingly leave and they can't get to leave for things such as contracts, wage levels, interest, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, he's it, it, made it very clear he wants two more loans to give them the full quota. So that's two of them gone, isn't it? Um, it and of those spots he wants, what's a, a number, number nine, number 10, right-sided defender, isn't it? That's, that's what he's looking at at the moment. But if Curtis goes, he suddenly needs a left winger because mm-hmm. Jacobs is a completely different player to Curtis, a different sort of left winger. So you've got to replace Curtis. If Harness went, who, who else can go there? Hackett Fairchild, that's it. So you need a replacement for Harness. So you, you need to replace these people. You have to. Yeah. And is, is Michael Jacobs, a move for Michael Jacobs completely off, off now? I know Epswich obviously were very, very close. I take it Carly's now accepting that he is part of the squad moving forward. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the way they're looking at it. And uh, to be honest, it's kind of with Ipswich out of the picture. Okay, we know that Michael Jacobs is going to be a top earner at Portsmouth. Um, you don't bring in a player of his calibre when, when we did um, without paying through the nose for it. Ipswich were one of the clubs that could accommodate make those kind of wages. Perhaps there's not too many that would others that would take Michael Jacobs that, that could do that. Wigan Athletic perhaps being one. Um, I've not heard anything about that, but everything since the Ipswich stuff went quiet um, as pointed from what Danny Cowley's saying, all the noises just around the places that Michael Jacobs, I think they think they see him as part of things. I mean, Danny has been sort of time again, praising the attitude of, of Michael. And he is an absolute great guy, by the way. And I mean, he could have been really affected by what's taken place. Um, and he's just being, I mean, we see him around at the game. He's still laughing and joking and smiling and affable and not agitating and not disappointed. And, 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 and you hear Danny talk about what the consummate professional he is. If we can keep Mike, Michael Jacobs and keep him fit, that, that's, that could be a real asset um, uh, this season. Um, I've I, I no doubt about that. I'd really, I was a bit disappointed because I had really high hopes when he, when he came in. I thought he could have been the one to make the difference last season. Obviously, it didn't pan out that way, but he's got unfinished business, um, and, he, and he's said as much, hasn't he, to show Pompey fans what he's, what he's worth. Um, and yeah, perhaps if Ronan, you know, again, how you manoeuvre the squad and, and, the, and the finance, but if he was to go, do you bring in a, an experienced player who's been big on that area, or trust Jacobs and, uh, and get another body in there and, and look to move that, that, that money around to a different part of the squad, which you really do want to get some, you know, some put your eggs in that basket, which to me, I think for Danny Cowley is the, the, the attacking midfielder, he calls it an eight stroke 10 that he's looking for. Um, and possibly, it, you know, if he had a big nest egg, then, then a, a, a real good number nine. Um, I know he's looking for something that he perhaps feels he hasn't got a player that can 
lead the line, give him some, something to play up to, but also with mobility, which he probably feels it doesn't quite get with Ellis Harrison and, and John Marcus being a different player. Um, he talked about that slightly with Hurst, although I think he's kind of uh, a, a younger, sort of cheaper version of what he was looking for, someone that you can play up to, you can play down the side, you'll get around the back and get crosses into, and he can run the channels as well. He wants someone with more mobility. Think of Jaden Stockley, he, he is that player, wasn't he? He was that type of player. I think he's looking for someone with a bit more mobility than perhaps he thinks he would get with um, Ellis Harrison, say. Although I must caveat that with the, the very latest on Ellis, the vibes I was getting from, from Pompey and, and, and Danny Cowley was that he's been uh, impressed with how he's going to come in. He, he, he was ill with COVID, lost some weight, um, but he's got down and, and I think he's happy with the attitude being shown by Ellis Harrison at the moment. Jordy, just stick on a few, sorry. Um, you've said there that he wants another striker, he wants a number eight, ten. You've also come out today on Portsmouth.co.uk saying that he's after another right-sided centre-back. There's the positions, three players. Danny Carley's never going to admit that he wants somebody to walk straight into the team. He's going to say it's a squad game. You know, I want these players to come in and compete. But do you see the three signings that Pompey could potentially bring in between now and the 31st of August as being players who will walk straight into that team, the type of players that Curry thinks is going to make the difference? Um, I would say at the front end of the bit pitch, I think he's looking sort of for big impact players, players that can make a real difference. Again, with the variables, and it's all dependent on how much he's got to spend. He's got a tight budget. If he sells a big player, then you can bring in a big hitter. If not, you might have to look to the loan market to fill those holes. So again, it's hard to give a real straight answer given the variables at play. I think in an ideal world, however, for Danny Cowley, I think that, that eight-stroke ten player, even with morale and the midfield options, which are really being bolstered now, especially with Lewis Thompson coming into the fray, I, I think he still thinks he would like to put a real heavy hitter up there and in the nine position. Perhaps not so much with the right side and centre-back, which is a slight development in the public domain anyway. We knew about the attacking players. Danny Kelly sort of speaking for the first time about a right-sided centre-back uh, sort of in the last 24 hours as, as we sit here at the moment about what he would want there. Um, he wants someone who can get to a back three easier. He, he's not sure about how its existing options work within that trio. Um, I think he put, thinks he can put Sean Raggett in the middle, Clark Robertson on the left. He doesn't think he's got a natural right-sided player who perhaps play uh, right-back. Um, so that's where he's looking to go obviously reported um, probably by the time we get a podcast anyway TJ Ioma um, the uh, Spurs uh, right sided defender stroke right centre back was the one that he was looking at at the moment or one of the key options he was looking at their move to Lincoln so he lost out on that one but that just gives you an indication of what Pompey were are looking at in, in that area um, apparently Lincoln were quite aggressive in getting that one over the line Pompey couldn't compete. So um, I know that will agitate some supporters, but I think it's just that they, that's probably an indication of where, how much money, the, how much money they're looking, looking to put into the defender compared to hopefully the, the attacking areas. So, um, yeah, as I said, one people we might pick up the fact that I'm talking about a player that could play right back, stroke right centre back. We say, hold on, we've got Freeman and Callum Johnson. Well, I think Kat Kieran Freeman certainly has been one of my standout performers so far. I think he's flown under the radar somewhat. I've been really impressed with Kieran and his games in the league so far. Callum Johnson perhaps not quite fitting into um, the way Danny Cowley's game idea works. Um, he's been diligent and we all know how consistent he's been. Uh, but perhaps he might get some manoeuvrability and that might be one of the ones that he's looking to manoeuvre between now and the 
and the end of the window. Neil going back up to the top end of the pitch. Curly's probably stumbled across someone that you called a bit of a new signing, Enrico Hackett-Fergild. He seems to have fitted in very well. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one because, curiously, his, his full debut against Crewe uh, was his first Pompey start in the league since joining them in January 2020. Which is staggering, really, isn't it? Um, he's been out on loan to Bromley, been out on loan to South End. Um, very much a forgotten man, wasn't he, really? Uh, Cowley had never, never worked with him in the training pitch until the first day of pre-season because he wasn't around when Cowley arrived in March because he was on loan at South End. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We, none of us know too much about him because we've barely seen him play. So we're all learning together about what he brings. And he's um, it, done well, isn't he? He really is. So you have to remember, he, he is effectively still a rookie. He's not, he's not played too much. Well, this, this is the only time he's played at League One level. So Cowley has to consider that over a full season. Uh, can he perform regularly in his side? Uh, well, you've also got to remember that he wants an attacking midfielder at number 10, doesn't he? He's tried Gassan there, hasn't quite worked out. He's tried Rico there at the moment. So he's, he's trying these alternatives. He wants to get somebody in there. Um, but he's, he's done OK, Rico. I don't want him to be too gushing because it's only been a couple of games. I mean, let, let's be realistic here. He's, we've only seen him play a couple of times now. Uh, scored a goal at Millwall. And obviously, um, uh, then he, he kept his place then, didn't he? So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he develops. It is an interesting one for us all. And um, Cowley's praises, attention to detail, uh, the fact that he can take on board um, instructions really, really well, um, his mobility. There's a lovely strike, wasn't it, at Millwall? Really nice strike there. Uh, but he's learning. He's got to learn how to come back and defend as well and help people out, which he didn't quite do for me at Millwall. But, uh, yeah, early days. Let's not get too carried away and get silly. You know, do a Louis Dennis and proclaim someone the best player <laughs> in the world without ever seeing him play. You know, let, let, let's just take our time. Give him a chance. Let's judge him properly after 10 games. Because he is effectively, the whole cliche, he is effectively like a new signing. Because before this season, he'd only played one, once with Pompey. So, we're, we're learning. But it's, it's been really encouraging for me, hasn't it? I think everyone's been impressed by him so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd totally written off um, Rico Hackett-Fairchild. I must admit, when we were looking at the squad and I was kind of you'd putting the players into positions and you've got two there and I just kind of dismissed him. Like, you know, Bromley fouled at, fouled at South End. I mean, whether that's harsh or not, but effectively he's gone out to a struggling League Two side and, and, and they've gone down and after, I think, a bright game or two, I don't think he really, the reports, he didn't tear up any trees at South End. So I just thought that was his, you know, effectively his time at Pompey over. Um, but Danny obviously was really, really impressed. Um, and yeah, I'm just talking to him yesterday, Danny Cowley, and he kind of said how pleased he was with the defensive side of the game. He said there was a moment in the game with Shrewsbury, and I, I did remember it, where he kind of, right in the ninth, you know, I might stop his time it was, right in the, in the, in the depths of it, um, he came back and uh, kicked the ball against the player, and it ricocheted off the player and went out for a goal kick right when the pressure was on. And he kind of did a little pub, come on! And uh, and he kind of was amused by this kind of pump fist salute from Rico Hackett Fairchild, given he's kind of quite a languid, kind of cool, laid back character. And he's kind of like, oh, so another side to him there. I like that. He was happy to do that and not just focusing on the attacking side of the game. And as Neil quite rightly says with Rico as well, I think Danny's really pleased with how he's kind of taken on board his game idea and its complexities of it more than 
perhaps some others and, and it is quite hard to take on board all those details with with what Danny's trying to get across but he said with, with Rico he's an intelligent man and you can see that when he when he speaks by the way but Rico is, he comes across very well um, a good talker and, and he says you only have to tell Rico once um, what, what what's required um, so yeah um, again yeah I can only echo what Neil says caveat with this let's keep it keep it in context but really pleased pleased for for Rico because he's been one of the uh, the big surprises for me so far Neil, who has stood out for you so far this season amongst the new signings? Oh, dear. Sean Raggett. I know a lot of people don't like hearing me say this. Sean Raggett. He's been outstanding, isn't he? He's a, Sean Raggett's the easy boo-boy, isn't it? Just because he's the type of player he is. Um, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, just a strong centre-half, isn't he? League one centre-half. Uh, some people seem to forget that Pompey are in League one. He's no Sylvan Distan, is he? He's no Sol Campbell. Pompey are in League One. This is where they are. This is how it is. These are the players that play for them. Matt Clark, wonderful player. They don't happen often, Matt Clark, do they? We're still waiting for another Matt Clark. We waited 10 years before for, another, for a Matt Clark, you know. Um, so this is what Raggett is, and I think it's been superb on that right-hand side for Pompey. Strong in every game. And uh, I say, it's, it's, it, it does get, for me, he's very underestimated. He gets harsh criticism from people. But he's a wholehearted player. Lovely lad. Gives us all. Cracking attitude. Um, the old cliche about someone you want in the trenches with you, isn't it? That sort of thing. Um, that's what he is. And that's what every side needs, isn't it? At this level. Mm. You know, probably aren't in the Premier League. You don't need to bring the ball out with his feet, do you? And ping it to the wings or whatever like that. He's a League One centre-half and Pompey are League One. And for me, he's perfect at the moment. And he's also proven time and time again, he's a centre-half capable of... He's done it with Pompey, and he could well do it again this season. That was a politician's answer to that question, wasn't it? Just completely ignored well, the question. Ignored the question <laughs> what? completely. He made, a, he made a really good point, but he just did not answer the question. Out of he's the, best, I think he's best performer this season. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I asked you who has, been, who has impressed you most amongst Pompey's new signings. Oh, new signings. Oh, well, new you've, signings. You've, missed your chance, you've missed your chance, Jordan. You answer that question. <laughs> uh, we're running out of time anyway, so I can quickly say, Ryan Tunnicliffe. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's, all get, let's all get carried away about Ryan Tunnicliffe like everyone has done. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The new, the new um, League One, Stephen Gerrard. The, uh, the Aram and Tari... <laughs> Sorry, rolled into one. Um, what a start from him, for, you know, involved in every league goal so far. Uh, that has been great. Couldn't have been more beyond anything that he dreamed of. Seriously, after speaking to him, he was blown away by, I think he said he got the best run. He's delivered a two goals on the bounce for Luton last season. And that's So to be involved in the, the, a trio of um, assists and a goal. Um, but just that drive, and, and I just love our midfield at the moment. Well, we haven't had a, in recent years, quite the uh, midfield options like we have at the moment with Joe Morrell to come as well. And then I say Lewis Thompson back in contention for Doncaster. That's an unexpected boost as well. So, yeah, uh, reasons to be cheerful. And um, we won't go, like trying to clear like the season so far, we say encouraged, but cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, Neil, we've got about a minute left, though. Let's talk about Pompey top of the league. Are you surprised? Um, oh, I'm going to sound really... Now, you look at the fixture list. It's a, it's a good fixture list, wasn't it, at the start of the season? Yeah. Really good fixture list. Okay, we weren't expecting Shropy to, to lose the first three games. 
And when we haven't expected Doncaster to lose their first three games, which is an Essex one. But two, three of those first three fixtures were attractive, weren't they? Good start. Yeah, right. It's not like you're playing Wigan Switch and Sunderland start the okay. season. It's a good start to have on paper. So for me, I was expecting a few wins, definitely. Find out in the next yeah. two away games. Find out more about them in the next two games. There you go. 20 yeah, seconds to wrap up, Mark. Definitely. Doncaster away and Wigan away, definitely. Okay, well, thank you again. We've run out of time very, very quickly here. It's been a really interesting chat. We'll be back again soon, and we hope to see you all again soon very, very quickly. All the best, and good luck at Wigan and Doncaster. Bye now. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.